Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. Hey, Amanda. Hello, stranger. Long time no chat. How are you? I thought at first you were calling me stranger because my voice sounds different. <laughs> no, I'm calling you a stranger because I have not talked to you in like a month face-to-face, quote-unquote face-to-face. No, I miss the shit out of you if I'm being honest. It's been a crazy, crazy month and I'm excited to be back. I want to hear about your trip. I want to hear all about your trip first of all because that was before Thanksgiving. Tell the good people yeah. first of all why your voice sounds different. Well, definitely got sick. I hate to be a statistic. Everyone said like everyone's going to get sick from Thanksgiving and I definitely did. So yeah, I've been very, very sick. I have not tested positive for COVID. So that's, I guess, good. But doesn't matter if I'm really ill, whether it's COVID or not. I don't know. But anyways, so yeah, so that's why I sound a little under the weather. But I promise I feel better. This is just the aftermath sound. Good. Is Eric sick? Nope. Nobody else is sick. Only me. Oh, I have no idea you. how that happened. I have no idea where I got it from. I have no idea why nobody else got it. Like, it's so strange. It has to be from Thanksgiving because we didn't do anything else. So, I don't know. Anyways, flashing back to the trip, back before I was sick. Lovely days. You know when you're sick and you feel like you're never going to be better and you can't even remember what it felt like to be well? <laughs> Yeah, dude, I always feel like that whenever I'm congested and I can't breathe or I can only breathe out of one nostril. I'm like, oh, I remember the days when I used to be able to breathe normally. Those were fun days. (laughs) Will it? And I always think, will it ever happen again? And also, I think I'll never take it for granted. (laughs) I promise. If I could just feel better, I'll I'll always appreciate it. It's funny. Anyways, so yeah, the trip was great. So for 10 days, we did a trip back east. So in case you're new here or you don't remember where we're from, how dare you? Um, I live in Arizona, but I grew up in Pennsylvania. And briefly in college, I lived in D.C. So the East Coast is definitely also home, but I have been in Arizona since like the very end of high school. So more than half my life. So that also feels like home and it's very, very different. So my partner, Eric, he had never been to that part of the East Coast. So we did DC, we did Gettysburg, which I grew up in a town just outside of Gettysburg. So I got to show him like the small town I grew up in and we got to explore Gettysburg. And then also my dad lives in central PA. So we we went and visited him and my brother met us there. So we had like a little family reunion and it was so great. And I want to say too, related to work, I didn't work. <laughs> I didn't work the whole time I was there, which was really wild. I've said this on here before, but I feel like working with clients who are also business owners, I've had a really good time having people working with people who respect my boundaries. So I let everyone know a long time in advance that I was going to be out of the office and nobody really bugged me while I was out of the office. 
nobody really needed much as far as I know. I mean, you were their main point of contact, but I just don't think a lot of stuff really came up. So it was pretty low key. The only, only thing is that I did turn off my email notifications so I wouldn't be distracted by work so that that way I'd have to go actively check them if I wanted to see what was going on in my email inbox. And I had filled out uh, my trademark application for Podfox back at the beginning of the year. And I got a notification that I needed to put in a disclaimer and I had like less than 24 hour window to reply to this email from this attorney from, you know, the trademark (laughs) review who uh, I just had to say it was okay to add the trade or the disclaimer to the trademark. And I didn't get the email until after that window was closed. So that sucked. I mean, I think There's still a process to follow. And I think if you've never trademarked anything, this is my first time and I'm not an attorney. So it's been an adventure. I'm representing myself. I just did it and I would highly recommend it so far, but it's not done yet. So there's also that. But anyways, I think I did everything I needed to do. I was really worried when I first saw it because it would have been really a lot easier to just hit reply and say, I agree. But since I was outside of that window and it just figures, you know what I mean? Like it was the very end of my trip and I had my email notifications turned off, but I was actively checking my email in the beginning. And then the longer there was nothing in there, I stopped really checking it as often and then was like, wow, I haven't checked my email in a couple days. This feels so weirdly freeing. So I checked it and I had something important. So that was the only the only like kind of downside. But like I said, there's a process to follow. So it's not like I mean, my trademark's still on track. I just had to follow a more intense process than I would have otherwise just replying to an email. So anyways, that's it. Well, what was your favorite thing you did on your trip? Oh my gosh. I think There's so many things. Um, So D.C. is just like my favorite, favorite city. I love D.C. And getting to share that with Eric was really cool. We both studied. Well, I studied political science. He studied global studies. We are both really interested in like history and human rights and government and things like that. So getting to be there with him the first time he got to see like all the major monuments and some of the Smithsonian. Obviously, there's like so much more to see. So definitely have to go back. Also, Gettysburg was really cool. And I think this is what I would say is like my favorite part of the trip, really, because I grew up there. So Eric is a huge history nerd and specifically military history. So he's one of the few people who doesn't live in that area who like actually knows about Gettysburg, let alone how to find Gettysburg on a map. Like most people that I talk to in Arizona, maybe they've heard of Gettysburg from a history class, but they could not tell you what state it's even in so to be with somebody who like actually knows the history and is really cool because I'm like yeah that's where I'm from and what's funny is he knows so much more about the history than I do having been from there right but I hung out in all of these places that he's like read about so it was just really cute like even when we very first landed and we were going into DC he was like oh my gosh like these are all places that I've heard of before, like all the things on the street signs. And he's like looking at a map and he's like, ah, these are real places. That's so weird. So it was really cool. And um, and getting to just share like the town I grew up in, it's really, really small. It's like, I mean, I'm trying to think of a reference that would make sense to anybody no matter where you live. But it's it used to have one stoplight when I was growing up there. They've added a second one. But I mean, 
geographically, it's probably the size of my college campus. So like, it's very, very small. I was just, it was interesting to share with him. I was like, is this weird? Like, do you see this and you think, oh, this makes sense. I know you so well. This makes sense. I I could see this. Or do you see this and think like, no, this is bizarre because we live in one of the biggest cities in the country in Phoenix. And he knows that version of me. And this is like small town, Sarah. So I'm like, is this weird to think that I grew up here? Or does it make sense? And he's like, oh, no, it's weird, (laughs) which I thought was really funny. Oh, that's fun. I'm so glad you had a good time. I hate that you came back sick, but hopefully you continue to get to feeling better and sounding better because you do sound like you don't feel good, but you do look good. So that's that's good for all the people that are listening. You don't get to see how cute Sarah looks. (laughs) Um, So you asked about my Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving this year was really fun. A fun development, I'll keep this short and sweet, but my good friend got married and I was in her wedding the weekend before Thanksgiving and I went on her bachelorette party and while we were there, I saw this cute little dog. We were, we, we had her bachelorette party at a cabin in the woods. It was like a camping style bachelorette party, campfires, s'mores all those good things and there was a dog out there and I just fell in love with her and I adopted her so yes I did go to a bachelorette party and I came home with a dog she is the the most Amanda thing you could do pretty much she is the most adorable cocker spaniel she's six years old and her name is Molly and um she's absolutely precious she's glued to me at all times she's she's just such a delight and after I lost Aubrey in August if you recall or if you're a longtime listener I lost my dog in August it has just been such a delight to have her and get to enjoy her so Thanksgiving was fun this year I actually decided that I was going to do the bare minimum <laughs> normally I cooked like the entire week leading up to the holiday and I travel back home and it's two hours from where I live now. And when I go home, I typically bring a ton of dishes. I am normally the one that helps my dad like host his Thanksgiving because he's a single guy. And this year I was like, you know what? To my dear beloved sister, I was like, you go on ahead and you do it. You live in the same town. I'm not stressing myself out. I cooked five pans of Stouffer's mac and cheese. I seasoned the shit out of it, put some grated cheese on the top of it, put that shit in a new pan. And I was like, here's my homemade mac and cheese. And the only thing that I made was my chocolate chip dip, which is like four ingredients. And I called it a day. And let me tell you, the amount of less stress I had over the entire holiday was such a game changer because I come from a split family. My parents divorced when I was like six years old. I've always around the holidays and I bet a a bet I bet a bunch of our listeners can relate to this you end up going a thousand different places on the holidays so growing up half of my day whether it was Thanksgiving or Christmas was spent in a car going to my dad's house and then going to my dad's parents house and vice versa and then going back to my mom's and you just don't really get to enjoy the holiday and now that I'm an adult I'm like I'm just not doing it like I'm not gonna do it (laughs) if I show up awesome. If I don't get to show up, I'm sorry that I missed you this time. I'll see you next time. Like there's tons of holidays. Um, This whole mentality around 
important days having to be observed on the actual day is just exhausting to me. (laughs) Like, why can't we celebrate the day before Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving? And why does it make it feel like the people who actually get to see us, quote unquote, on the special day are getting more treatment than the ones that are doing it before or after? The whole point is for us to get together. So you asked me about my Thanksgiving and you're getting a little glimpse into probably how it went, but that is how it went. I took it easy on myself. I just said, listen, I'm sorry if you get upset. I can't make it. I am but one person and I now have a spouse and I I have to like accommodate his family too now. So I just took it easy on myself and I did the best I could. And what I couldn't do, I didn't do. And it was magical. (laughs) So can you relate to any of that? And how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, I definitely can. And I think another thing that we have in common is um, the accommodating, obviously, not just our family and in-laws, but also the situation with stepchildren. And to your point about getting together, it's interesting because we had a lot of conversations this year, Eric and I, about the fact that he has deferred holidays since they divorced. Our kids are all over 18 now, but since they divorced the whole time the kids were minors we have deferred holidays to their mother because she has a larger family who's here so they have all these family traditions that the kids had been doing since they were born that he wanted them to be able to continue to be part of for their childhood like didn't want to have to wrestle for that right and i mean there's a million reasons personal but anybody who is a child of divorce or who is divorced and co-parenting or who is married to someone who is co-parenting can relate that holidays are are a whole thing. And it's been an interesting discussion. And I know you guys have had these discussions too, where it's like, it's on one hand, it is sad to him if he doesn't have the kids on the actual day. On the other hand, we can still make it special on an alternative day and we can make that specific day less sad by making our own plans. And I know you guys do that for Christmas every year, right? You do your own thing. Yeah, we do. So this was actually the very first year. So my I have two stepkids. One is 14 and one is 23. And my 23-year-old, who I'm very close with, has two has my grandbabies obviously. So she has two kids and we try very hard or I've made a very conscious effort to we don't celebrate Christmas on the actual day because again, I think it's ridiculous that we would put that expectation on them like of course they have kids. They want to wake up and do Santa at their house. But that means that we get them earlier in the month of December. So we're we're recording this November the 29th right now. So not this weekend, but the next weekend, we will be doing Christmas with my girls and my grandkids and my husband. And we go all out. We go, we do the full-fledged Christmas. We wake up, I do a big breakfast. Santa has come to grandma and grandpa's house. You know, Drew does the whole like We do cookies and milk, like we do the whole thing with the kids, and we get to enjoy the entire weekend. This year, they get here Friday night, we're going to go out and do like tacos or something Friday, and then Saturday, (laughs) we wake up and do Christmas, and then that night, we've booked a horse-drawn carriage ride through the city for Santa, and like with you know, we're going to do all kind of fun stuff downtown and then they leave on Sunday. So we get them for three days and we would never be able to do that if we demanded to have it on Christmas, that would just be impossible. So we really enjoy doing it ahead of time just to be able to enjoy it. And it makes it feel like Christmas lasts even longer. But 
This year, um, my youngest stepdaughter decided that she wanted to do Thanksgiving with her mom. So we won't have her on Christmas Day or Thanksgiving this year. And that's by her choice. And Drew didn't seem to really care. It doesn't really matter to me either way. I mean, what she decides that she wants to do. She's 14 years old. She can make up her own mind, you know. But I know he misses her. But it's also like it is part of being a split family. You know, we didn't get her at all for Thanksgiving this year. But we typically do. So, yeah, it's just a very interesting interesting development. I'm very proud that I kind of put my foot down when it came to making my little family about, yeah, we're not going to run the roads so that we can all say we saw each other on the actual day. I go through that a little bit every year with my dad because he does a big Christmas Eve celebration where he invites literally everyone in the neighborhood to come. And then we as a family sit around and wait for these people to leave so we can actually do our family Christmas. So what we decided to do was we were going to just have a family Christmas a couple of days before. Now my dad's like, well, you need to come to both, like our family Christmas and then come for the community Christmas the night before. And I'm like, bro, well, I live two hours away. We've already done our Christmas. I'm not buying another gift to play Dirty Santa with a bunch of people I don't even know. Like I can't, I can't deal. So anyways. Pat on the back to a little young Amanda who was like in the backseat of my sister's car going to my fourth Thanksgiving when I was 12 years old thinking to myself, when I'm an adult, I will never do this to myself. And I have stuck by that. I have stuck by that my entire life now. I'm very, very proud of that. So, but we had a great time. I ate lots of things. I ate lots of Stouffer's mac and cheese that I did not make. And um, yeah, it was all good. Do you want to do three things that are making us happy? Yeah, bringing totally. us joy. Is that what we normally say? Three things what's that are making, bringing us joy. What's making us happy, whatever. What's us happy. I'm happy. Okay, yeah, yeah. You go first. Go. The first thing that's making me happy, and I'm so curious to hear your opinion on this, is Hallmark Christmas movies. I know that they are trash. So please don't come for me. I know that they're trash. I know they're formulaic, but I love them because they are simple, they are mindless, and they like it feels like Christmas decorations to have them on. So I love celebrating Christmas. It is definitely my favorite holiday. And putting up decorations is a big deal. I put up five or six trees around our house every single year. I'm big, big, big Christmas girl. And putting up decorations makes me happy. And putting on Hallmark Christmas movies gives the same effect, right? It makes it feel like it's the season, especially living in a place like Arizona, and I'm sure you have this too in Alabama, but living in a place like Arizona where it's hot year round, like it doesn't feel Christmassy outside, right? It feels nice. The weather's nice now, but it's palm trees, it's sunshine, it doesn't give Christmas vibes. So decorations and things like Christmas music and Christmas movies really like create the seasonal effect. So anyways, I've been watching a ton, a ton, a ton of Hallmark Christmas movies. That's my thing right now. (laughs) Yeah, I love Hallmark Christmas movies too. Currently right now on the TV is the Lindsay Lohan movie from Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, I just put it on in the background during the day, like any Christmas movies. I do. I've also discovered very recently whether or not you, however anybody feels about Harry Potter, there is a Harry Potter fireplace Christmas video that plays on a loop on HBO Max and it is inside of the Gryffindor common room if you just want something fun and festive to keep on your TV it is so cozy it's so warm it's adorable (laughs) 
I stumbled on that. But yes, I love the formula. Like you said, how formulaic it all is. I absolutely love that. I want to know everything's going to be fine. The big (laughs) city lawyer is going to end up with the small town baker. Like we have nothing to be concerned about. You know, the city will be saved. They still will have their snowman building contest. I love all that shit. I love it. Yeah, it make, um, it brings me joy. It's effortless and it brings me joy. I like it. I like real, you know, cinema too, but I I enjoy a, I enjoy a good Christmas Hallmark movie. Yeah, same here. I have been and I'm not going to say that my dog, my new dog is making me happy because you guys already know that my new dog is making me absolutely happy. I'm obsessed with Molly. She's a, such a delight and I'm not going to use her as my thing making me happy because it's an obvious thing. So my first recommendation and thing that's making me happy this week is I am wrapping up a book. I have about, I don't know, 20 pages left and I've thoroughly enjoyed this book. I've really taken my time reading it. It's called Recipe for a Perfect Wife and it's by Karma Brown. I've been reading it for literally months. It's one of those books that I've kind of sat down and came back to. And every time I pick it up, I'm like, I should spend more time with this book. But it's dual timelines, two women. One is in 2018. The other one is in the 1950s. And they are both going through transitions of becoming housewives. And what makes it really interesting is that at the start of every single chapter, the author has pulled one-liner quotes from old-timey books like of like how to be a good housewife in the 1920s. And it gives you a quote about things and expectations that women had back in those times. And it's really, really poignant. It's a really fun and interesting book. If you ever read Julie and Julia, it's very similar to that about Julia Child. It has that vibe to it, but it goes back and forth, dual timelines. And it just reminds you how strong and beautiful women are and how far we've come as a society and expectations. And But it's not heavy. It's not heavy at all. It's super just like frothy, but thoughtful. It just is such a good book. So I recommend that recipe for a housewife. What else is making you happy? Okay, I'll piggyback off that and I'll do a book because I was thinking about talking about this. But okay, so here's another guilty pleasure one. So when I was getting ready to fly, I knew I was going to be on the plane for a long time, cannot sleep on planes. And based on the times we were flying, I knew everybody else is going to be asleep. Like I need something that's going to entertain me. So I had put an ask out there on Instagram where I was like, hey, give me your best can't put it down books. Like I don't even care about the genre or whatever. I need a book I can get into really quickly that's going to be like really hard to put down so that it'll keep my attention so that a six hour flight will go faster. Right. And so many people recommended Fourth Wing. And I know it's really popular. It's really trendy. It's all over book talk and whatever. I like the kind of like dystopian fiction, which is often sort of YA. I like that genre. And um, this is kind of like that. Um, It has a lot of the same tropes anyways. So here's what I will say about it. I do agree from the very beginning that there's a lot of I guess, high stakes situations. So the suspense is really high and that contributes to it being like a couldn't put it down kind of book. Although I will say if you have like a big thick book and the very first thing that happens is like, everybody dies doing this. Is the protagonist going to die? It's like, well, clearly not because there's a whole big ass book behind it. So obviously she's going to make it through this, right? 
Um, but how? Anyways, so I think that one thing I will say about it is that it is 100% tropes. Like there's nothing unique about it. There's nothing that you haven't seen before. It's all been done before. However, much like the formula of a Hallmark movie, if you can, if it doesn't have to be some like unique piece of art in order for you to read it, if you just enjoy reading because it's fun, then this book is pretty fun. But I'm really curious to hear, um, have you read Fourth Wing, first of all? So I'm about two chapters in. Um, okay. Of course, I heard about it from literally everyone on the yeah. internet. And so I ordered myself a copy and I'm about two chapters in. I think it's good. Um, it does not, it has not grabbed me like I thought and hoped that it yeah. would. Like everybody was like, oh my God, I like I can't put it down. And so I keep telling myself to stick with it <laughs> and I will, I will read it. Um, but I just recall when I first read The Hunger Games yeah. and I, I started that book. I remember exactly where I was sitting when I started that book. I remember waiting in line outside of the Walmart when the sequel dropped because I was in my small town. And that was the only bookstore we had, um, quote unquote bookstore. And I just remember feeling like that was something like, oh my gosh, I've never ever read something quite like this before. It totally like grabbed me. And this, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's a good story. Like I'm going to finish it. I'm into it, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not obsessed with it. I, if I, I'm reading two other books at the same time right now, like nothing. Hunger I'm not... Games is such a good comparison. Cause like if you're into a Hunger Games book mm -hmm. and you haven't read Fourth Wing, it's similar, but one major difference and you haven't gotten there yet in two chapters, but is there's some very graphic sex in this book. And I'm curious, like, what is your opinion about, like, a spicy book? How do you feel about that? So I personally don't – I find it cringy. Like, I just kind of gloss <laughs> over those, specifically if it's audio. Like, please do not do that to me in my ears, okay? But I have a lot of thoughts, too, about a book that portrays itself as YA – that has graphic depictions of sex. I have a lot of thoughts about that and like why that's even necessary in a book that is yep. directed towards children. But that's a whole other discussion for a whole other day. And we can get yeah, really yeah, into yeah. the woods on that. But yeah, um, yeah. I personally don't love a spicy book. I don't, I'm more of a tension kind of gal. Like I'm a pride and prejudice. Yeah. Like will they or won't they? I'm like, what's happening? Like it's kind of cooking. Like I can feel the chemistry okay. through the page, but I'm not like, yeah. I don't need it to go all the way for me to feel satisfied. Okay. No, I feel <laughs> completely the same. And also I think that I'm not like I'm not prudish about it. The characters in a book I'm reading can totally have sex. I just don't need a six page beat by beat description using super vulgar language like throbbing. I, can we just leave that word I'm, out of our vocabulary as a whole? Thank you. That, agreed. Also, there's a whole bunch of words I wouldn't even say on this podcast. Like it's it's just it's not necessary. Like keep that in the bedroom like do what you're gonna do you know what I mean so and I think for me it's strange when it's in a book where like otherwise it's not sexual at all so you're just going about your life right I'm sitting on an airplane on the way home finishing this book everybody's asleep it's a nighttime flight so it's dark everybody's sleeping around me and I'm sitting here reading this book and all of a sudden it goes from just like this high stakes action suspense driven novel to um like straight 
pornographic like erotic well, literature i, I also like, feel oh. like it's i also feel like in anything where it's just out of the blue like that it's pandering yes. it's pandering to the lowest denominator like this is this is what i think my audience yeah. is really gonna want and talk about and to me it's no different than that than like throwing it in a movie where it's not necessary it's like okay well and so i'm not a prude funny, either i feel the same about movies where like if the characters are are going to have sex, that's totally fine and reasonable. People do. But, like, let us know that's what's happening and then move on. Like, we don't need to see the entire sex scene, you yeah. know? Like, that's not what we came here for. So, anyways, I, that's how I feel about books. So, I'm just not super into spicy, spicy books. That's just not really my thing. And um, no judgment, by the way. No judgment if that's what you're into. Do you? But yeah, and I will say too, just on the note of the YA thing, it is interesting because it definitely has all the YA tropes. It's definitely popular with a YA audience. It's definitely like hitting all the same YA beats and yet all the characters are now in their early 20s instead of 14 to 16, how like most YA books are, you know, which yeah. matters. But uh, to your point, like, and we won't go down too far in the weeds, we'll move on, but like yeah, if you know your your target audience is all under 18. But I also say too, that's why I say it's a, like it's a rabbit hole I can really go down because I remember the first book that I ever read as a heavy reader in high school that had sex tropes in it. Like I could tell you the exact book. I could tell you exactly what happened to it. I remember everything about it and I've made it very obvious on this podcast. I was raised very sheltered. I remember... It was The Lovely Bones, if you know, you know. And I remember reading it and thinking to myself, like, oh, wow. Like, people are doing this that are not married. People are doing this that are not of Ooh. age. They are teenagers. They are exploring. And I remember being that age and thinking to myself, like, oh, my gosh. You know, people are doing these things to each other. Like, oh, my yeah, gosh. So yeah. I think there's a value in having it out there. I just worry yes. about, like, the marketability of it all is, like, yes. what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, so I I totally agree with that. I think there is a purpose for it. I think it can, and and but then also that's a huge responsibility. Oh my gosh, we really could go down a rabbit hole. That's a huge responsibility if that's what you're going to take on is like helping your audience explore things in a safe environment, right? Like, yeah, I believe in that. Also, man, like some of those books can do more harm than good. No, I'm not saying that about Fourth Wing per se. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. So I am reading the sequel. I would love to say that the sequel has the same like sticking power, but I think a big part of it for me was between Thanksgiving and getting sick. I haven't read nearly as much, so I'm only a little over halfway through the sequel, but happened to drop like while I was on my trip. So I knew I was going to finish this book before my flight home was over. So it was so nice because I went ahead and just downloaded the ebook for the sequel. And then that way, once I finished the first one on the plane, I can just start the second one. So yeah, so it's been fun. Good, good. I'm glad you're reading and enjoying it. Yeah. Um, my second thing making me happy is I'm just like on team girl land lately. Everything I've been consuming has been about women and just not in like a... <laughs> woke or intentional way but I just find myself enjoying so much pop culture that is centered around women lately I love um, that 
yeah, so I just started watching and I'm so invested. People that know me personally will be not surprised by this, but there is a show on Apple Plus. It's called The Buccaneers, and it is a story about a bunch of American young women who go to England to find their spouse. And it's all about gender roles and about, you know, getting married and and settling down. And what do you really want out of life? If you like a good mixture of little women Pride and Prejudice and a little bit of Downton Abbey. This is right up your alley, but it is frothy. It is Pretty Little Liars, but in the Victorian age. I mean, it is magical. It is fun. It is colorful. The different personalities is really fun. I'm learning that I am very much so addicted to reading and ingesting as much culture about groups of women, like a group of sisterhood, which makes a lot of sense because I love little women. Um, but it's a really fun show. A new episode just dropped a couple of days ago and it was just, oh, I can't, I just love it. So the Buccaneers on Apple plus, if you can watch it, it's wonderful. Please watch it so that we can get another season. That is my Christmas request. What's the last thing making you happy? I love that. I haven't heard of it, so I'll have to check it out. I, I will say I did uh, enjoy pretty little liars, even though again, Man, you just take it on the head, right? Like it just it is what it is and don't I never try to finished make it more it. than it is. That's I never finished for the it. Best. That's like, for the best. That's for the best. I Amanda. think I'm good. I think yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you got you got it. So I think that uh the third thing making me happy, there's so many things I've thought of since I posed this question, but the third thing I'm gonna say is cookies. I am definitely this season I make like four or five different flavors of cookie every year and I love to give them as gifts obviously not when I'm sick but uh, when I'm well I will be giving them as gifts but I love making just like a ton of cookies and this year I have found a couple new recipes to try and I also have been asking around for people like what's your favorite cookie recipe to make this time of year I'm just really into it so I always have work snacks at my desk when I'm working and this time of year it's like it's all cookies. All my all my work snacks are cookies. So my favorite ones are I make a peanut butter chocolate chunk cookie that is the best thing. I also make this like kind of almond sugar cookie. That's been a favorite of mine since I was a kid. My mom and I used to make them. It, well, we still do, but we made them when I was little. And I so for as long as I can remember, that's been like a holiday cookie. And then chocolate chip, of course is always a good go-to. So, And then I make a triple chocolate one as well. That I do those every year. So this year I have this pudding cookie recipe I want to try. And the recipe, the version that I found is for lemon pudding and then it has frosting that has lemon extract in it. So I'm very excited to try that. But also I read in the reviews on this um, blog online that people said you can do this with any flavor of pudding. So I'm also going to make a vanilla version with vanilla pudding and vanilla extract in the frosting. And then I think I'm going to try a chocolate pudding version with peppermint extract in the frosting. So really just a big variety of these. Hopefully the recipe is good, but it had really good reviews. So I'm thinking it will be. So anyways, I love, 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 love baking cookies this time of year. I burn myself out on it, so I don't do it most of the year. But this time of year, I go crazy, and then I never want to bake another cookie again. That's so fun. I love to bake, too. I've really got to get in, this, in, the, in the groove and desire. I'm hoping to this weekend do some baking and 
kind of just get in the groove because I'm very much so out of touch with my cooking skills. We've been ordering a ton of like family meals and eating on those for a week. So I'll order like Mediterranean or I'll order and it'll come with like salad stuff and you can make a protein bowl. And so we ended up just eating on leftovers for like specifically because on the weekends Drew goes to our hunting cabin and I'm here by myself. And then during the week we've had a holiday or um, he's been traveling. And it's just me. So it doesn't, it feels silly to buy a bunch of groceries. So anyways, I need to, I need to get back on my cooking game for sure. The last thing making me happy this week that I will share is I have been binging and I'm not the only person in the world. There's a reason it's a top 10 podcast. I am low-key obsessed with my girls over at Celebrity Memoir Book Club. I have been listening to that podcast on repeat. I have binged pretty much every single episode in the past three years, in the past three days from their catalog. They are just two friends who break down memoirs from celebrities and they give you the nuggets. I would never sit down and just read a memoir, whether it was, I mean, even if I liked the person, the chances that I'm going to commit to reading their entire story, I can't think of a single person I would do that for. (laughs) So they give you the nuggets. They give you the highlights. They tell you what they think about the writing. It is a book club for celebrity memoirs and they give you all the good juice and then you can decide if you want to read it or not, which I will not. So I've really enjoyed it. They're super fun. I want to be best friends with them. So celebrity memoir book club. It's a very fun podcast. If you just want the nuggets, their humor is so much like mine that I just like cackle the entire time I'm I'm listening. So that That's is what so fun it really is. It's been really fun. They've been keeping me um, company while I'm working and also while I am driving back and forth to visit family over the holidays. And they just feel like really cool chicks that I want to be. For. They're comedians. I'm not a comedian, but I think they're hilarious. So, but anyways. Too. Um, no, but I'm glad that you think that. So we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoyed our catch up here. We are so excited to be chatting with you again this week. And we look forward to our next week's episode. As you all know, if you go over to Big Brave Business on YouTube, we drop new episodes with interviews from all of our friends on Wednesdays. This week, we have a very special one. Go over and check it out. And then as always, remember to leave us a review. We want to hear from you and we will be back next Tuesday. Have a lovely start to your December. See you next week.